When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. At Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Welcome to the Tom Bernard Show, a.k.a. The Family. I'm here with... Tevin Pittman. Andy Brant Bernard. And Mike Bryant. Tom Bernard will join us for his show shortly, uh, right after these messages. Dougie, what's new at my favorite Nissan stores? Well, now that everybody's back from vacation, we can finally get to work. Yeah, easy there, gunpowder. Hey, at least you only took a week. Jayla was gone darn near a whole month. Poor Dan Rush. Anyway, we got some great things happening at Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan in Burnsville. Read this, and you can add that cool DJ voice if you want to. It's 2020 closeout month at Burnsville and Coon Rapids Nissan. Giant discounts in 0% for 60 months on all remaining 2020s. You also get Walzer Care, a 10-year, 150,000-mile powertrain warranty for free. Ah, music to my ears. I love the sound of a good DJ in the morning. But wait, there's more. For the first time ever, you can get 0% for 60 months on the all-new 2021 Rogue. The 2021 Rogue is bigger, better, and faster than ever before. For more information on 0% interest on all these great vehicles, check out Coon Rapids Nissan and Walzer Nissan at Burnsville and tell them Tommy sent you. I'll just cut out the last bit. Ladies and gentlemen, you know, this is getting worse by the minute because I get a phone call going into a live spot. What? Are we on? Yeah, we're on. We're on. Oh, sorry. All of a sudden, my earphones went. Yeah, mine my did too. My headphones went dead. Okay. Mine did too. Odd. Okay. I don't know why. That sorry, is, but, sorry, sorry. But so I, you know, during the Walzer commercial, I get a call from Mike Bilski because uh. he knows the Michael Bryan spot's coming up, and he calls me to tell me, <laughs> "You ready?" I just want to call and tell you that I really like listening to Michael Bryant and Tevin on your show. I'm like, yeah, great. Goodbye. <laughs> what the hell is that? How time I get some Let's damn respect Let's do everything to here. dissuade him we possibly can. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Try to ruin it. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw and Bryant. People are going way too fast out there, and they're on their cell phones. Yesterday, I had three people I had to give the hands-free signal to, which is going to get me shot someday. But I continue to give them the hands-free signal to let them know, get off your phone, use your holder, and it is safe. That's why I did that commercial, because that commercial I did, yes, indeed, I was in my car when I did that commercial. And they can hear you. They can hear me on the radio. They can hear you on your cell phone. So, Bradshaw and Bryant. Is the hands-free signal the finger? No, no, no. I would never. No. When I was in high school, when I was, in high school, I was with a group of people who slammed a guy's hand in a door. 
I watched oh. his hand get slammed oh. in a door when he flipped no. them off. And after I saw that, I thought, I will never give somebody a finger in my whole life because you never know who's in that other car. Right. But no, I give them the open hand, and then I point at my, <laughs> my, my holder with the cell phone, and then they look at me kind of sheepishly. And none of them, oh, okay. usually they, they like slow down or they speed off, but at least make that point. Get mm-hmm. that cell phone out of your hand. It's dangerous. It is. Agreed. There it is. Well, it all works out because I give the people enough fingers for all three of us. <laughs> so it all works Actually, out. Actually, I think end. when somebody gives me the finger, it's hilarious. Exactly. <laughs> I'm probably just like, ah! <laughs> You are right. You're right about oh, that. Alex is on her way. Apparently, the kids left a light on in the car and her battery was dead. Yeah. Her brand new battery. It does happen. Uh, yep. So it must have been on for quite some time. One of the hazards of letting your children play in the car. Yeah. Very true. Very true. But who am I to judge? Walzer Automotive Group. (laughs) 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 Walzer.com. What is this? This is Sprintall? Uh, yeah. He, he must be playing yeah. drums. Wait, wow. this is like the uh, dumb. No, he Sprintall? does not drum, I don't I thought think. He, yeah. No, I think he does play drums. I thought he did. Well, he does, but not as well as he wants to. Right. Well, you know, I suppose. <laughs> well, no, he's actually said he's, uh, you know, talked about his drumming skills aren't as good as his guitar skills. Yep. Yeah. But I think he did all the, the instrumentals on all these pieces, I think. Uh, he does it with his wife and daughter. Yeah. But his do. daughter doesn't play That's drums. True. Daughter uh, plays some like plays like clarinet. Yeah, something like that. This is He's, scary that I know yeah. this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he actually has a buddy that plays uh, the drums on a couple of those too. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, that's where it came from. He's oh, got wait. a buddy that does. He's that got a whole friend. Deal. I don't know. <laughs> I'll buy the rest of it. it but this friend thing, something's I don't not know. adding up here. Tom, since when do you play the drums? <laughs> He does. I've been a drummer since I was 11 years old. Well, I guess I yeah, played the drums as well. Ago. He sings also. You do? Uh, mm-hmm. I did. Yeah, I did in high school and periodically afterwards, but not so much. Marching band. Uh, yeah, marching now, band trap. Did you have the big drum with the big thing? No, I did bass drum. I was, I was a snare drum. I played okay. trumpet in fourth grade because they you, they required us to have three years of piano t- in order to play the drums because they didn't want just everybody and their mother to do it. Mm-hmm. And then I watched Drumline and came back the next year with drumsticks and was like, we have to deal oh. with this now. Hmm. Well, here we go. Yeah. I, here we go. My brother had a band in the garage with trombone. And drums. Oh my God! <laughs> you, it was a terrible time in our lives. <laughs> now, I got to ask you guys a question. Now that you've known me for several years, I was a drummer from the time I was 11 till I was 19 years old, and then uh, I got a call from my friend Mark, who went to school with me at St. Anne's, and said, "Hey, is there any way I could borrow your drum kit? I have to go on the road for a couple of weeks." I said, "Well, I'm not playing in a band right now. Yeah, go ahead." So he came over, picked up my drum set. Never saw it again. Never saw <laughs> it again. Let's go yeah. get it. Meet yeah. you and Tevin. Yeah. It's drive unbelievable. Over his house. We'll go get it. Sounds about right. We want that drum set back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and plus interest. We're taking something else of yours. Imagine the guy's oh God, just I... in his house hanging out. Suddenly people show up at his house. You know, we want that money. <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> well, it was probably some sort of original, vintage, fabulous, yeah, worth Rogers $20 million. Dollars. There yeah. were Rogers drums. Rogers made a great drum kit. No doubt about nice. that. One thing I would say in his defense, I just thought of something. I never thought of this before, but it's, th- it's those times. 
time, so Tevin, you're going to have to handle this one. Okay. Guy, he's a white guy. Ruh roh. He's white, white guy, and his last name was spelled K U H N. K U H N. Yeah. Oh, Coon? Like yeah. the Packer player. Mm-hmm. Like the Packer player. It's a very so. common name in. How'd you like growing up countries. in North Minneapolis, a white guy named Coon, though? That right. had to be a little difficult. So it's probably and I'm be not a, kidding. About as difficult as being like a black guy at the Packer Stadium for the first time, and everybody just starts chanting "Coon" when he scores. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, <laughs> yes, I imagine yes. Eek! That'd be a little hard to take. You're right. Huh. But in any case, just uh, another one of those situations. Hey, Tom, could you help me out? Sure. Okay. Goodbye. I never talk to you again. Okay. But whatever. Isn't that one of those racial slurs that is so? Old oh, that nobody yeah. uses, yeah, or yeah, nobody no, even nobody's that. even really thinking about it anymore. Think, like if you said it, people wouldn't it wouldn't even register, well, or does it? I think the only time I've heard it in a, an offensive way was watching "Remember the Titans" as a child. Oh, all oh, right, yeah. 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 But well, we, went th- uh, we went through a whole baseball commissioner. I don't know that I ever at any point thought about that. They uh, yeah. use it on Twitter. Uh, black people use it against other black people on Twitter. Hmm. Okay. It's a uh, slightly more polite, I guess you could say, version of the uh, house. And yeah, or so like don't get Uncle Tom. Dumped. Yep. Yeah. Don't oh. get dumped off Twitter. Well, yeah. Why does it have to be Uncle Tom? That's what yeah. I want to know. Because mm-hmm. of Uncle Tom. Because it's Kevin. you. It's you. There are a whole group it's of them. Me. That are like we're gonna it's we're gonna go after him because he gave me a shitty drum me. set. <laughs> Yeah, it's real shitty. Rogers drums, yeah, they're terrible. Bob no Coon, question. he started the whole damn thing. <laughs> you damn right, you son of a bitch. Actually, How he did was you tired get... of them using his name, so he came up with, you know, that, that was a shift, you know. How how did you get drum money? <laughs> Where did you get this? Well, don't worry about how we got drum money. <laughs> yeah, laugh it up. <sighs> By working my ass off, that's how. Hmm. When you're a band, you make a little money when you're in a band. And then I had a job, a couple of jobs, as a matter of fact. So I started working when I was 11. I was a janitor, a janitor uh, at 11 years old. Doing a little sure sweeping. A fine job. <laughs> no, I was a vacuum cleaner. You started cleaner. at 11? Yeah, I was a guy. What? You were starting yeah, late? Yeah, I started working at 11. <laughs> yeah, I started really late in life. Uh, slacker. <laughs> Slacker, get off your ass, do something. My first job was 15, Kentucky Fried Chicken. I lied. The manager manager knew I lied. (laughs) He was like, whatever. As long as you show up for work, I don't really care. It was Kentucky Fried Chicken in Golden Valley, right? Oh, yes, yeah. that was a, oh, my God, had polyester, red polyester uniform that smelled like chicken. Smelled like chicken for the years. You could wash your uniform yeah. 400 times. Oh, it was the grossest job. Hmm. That was an old Jay Leno joke. Jay Leno once said, you could go eat at McDonald's, you go home, wash your clothes, take a bath, wash your hair, put the clothes back on, and go outside and go, where'd you eat, McDonald's? <laughs> I totally remember <laughs> The days where the kids always wanted to go to McDonald's for those stupid Happy Meals. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, my God. So my, I, I think there was five, six years where my car didn't smell like a right McDonald's French fry. Did, Absolutely yeah. true. Were they, did they too. have collectible things in the Happy Meals yet? Oh, yes. Yep. Uh, I drove to Albany, forever. Minnesota to get a SpongeBob out of a place. I had to yep. bribe somebody <laughs> to get it out of this holder thing. <laughs> So I could complete a collection of SpongeBob things that I'm sure is on display nowhere in a box. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and then they had games, game pieces. Oh, did you, did you fix the Monopoly yeah. games? Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Did you steal any, like, boardwalk pieces yeah. and sell them to your friends? Oh. Uh, there were McMillions, I think that was the name of the, the documentary they did about it. Yeah. We weren't mm-hmm. uh, sophisticated game players. Mm-hmm. No. I got to congratulate a friend of mine because whenever something great happens to a friend of mine, I like to bring it up on the air or, or some sadness like, you know, losing Dan Culhane was terrible and I talked about it quite a bit. But I'm going to talk about this as much because I'm so proud of my friend Mike Lindell. Did you see the honor that he was given last night? No. Oh, yeah, the Razzie. You got you got a Razzie? worst actor. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the man is not an actor. Yeah. I think he, knows. he was nominated. Has he gotten the award yet? I think he's in the no, group. No, it was just nominations. Yeah. What it was, was he nominations in? last night. He's in his movie, uh, in his two-hour movie. Absolute proof. Which I watched. So I'm one of the I'm one of the few that watched that whole two hours. <laughs> Yeah. What's, what's great about that, near the end of it, he says, now for the nine Supreme Court judges that are watching this, I'm sure you're shocked. It's like, yeah, I don't think Sotomayor is sitting here watching this thing, but maybe. I think he they are. Him? I'm here to tell you. Is he playing himself in the movie? It's not. It's, yes. It's, yeah. It's, oh, okay. yeah, he's himself. Okay. It's not a, yeah, it's I feel not like, like acting movie. a bit of a yeah. stretch because he's yeah. not acting. What? Come on. My buddy got a, uh, an award. <laughs> yeah. Up for one. So, Come but on. that Doolittle's going to be tough to beat. That was a bad movie, was it? I yeah. heard that was terrible. Doolittle, that was really bad. Doolittle. like yeah. Doctor Doolittle, Robert yep. Wagner, or not Robert? No, it was Robert, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Robert Downey Jr. Here. Hello. What? Hello. Are they worse? Alex than is Alex here. Is in? Yeah, Alex is in. So. Should we take our break while she sits down to clear the clear the decks? Clear the decks. Can we do that, Andy? We can do that. Uh, sure. All right, well, because we got a guest coming up at 35, don't we? we got to clear the decks, yeah. <laughs> no, see, we got to clear the decks. We'll be right back with a special guest and Alex both. Clear the decks! <laughs> Tom Bernard here with my buddy and CEO of North American Banking Company, Michael Bilski. Great to have you here, Michael. Always great to be with you, Tommy. Michael, we've talked before about the XCheck app at North American Banking Company, where you can send money to your friends and family directly from your account to theirs for free. I imagine people are using that a lot these days, huh? Beyond paying a friend back for the dinner you split or paying fantasy football or golf side action, we've heard from our customers that they're using XCheck to send money to their grown-up kids for a family takeout meal or using it to pay the person that plows their driveway in the winter. Our customers love the flexibility of paying right from their account in just a couple of taps on their phone wherever they are located. I use XCheck, and it's just as easy as Michael says. Send money in one business day or less, and it's completely free. Get X-Check by contacting any of North American Banking Company's five Twin Cities locations. So why not bank with my banker? That's you, Mike. Tommy, thanks for the privilege. North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and equal housing lender. As you know, my friend Mike Lindell has a passion to help everyone get the best sleep of your life. He didn't stop by simply creating the best pillow. Mike created the new Giza Dream Sheets. They look and feel great, which means an even better night's sleep for me which is crucial for my busy schedule. Mike found the world's best cotton called Giza. It's ultra soft and breathable, but extremely durable. Mike's Giza sheets come with a 60-day money-back guarantee and a 10-year warranty. The first night you sleep on the Giza sheets, you will never want to sleep on anything else. Giza Dream Sheets come in a variety of sizes and colors. 
Mike is making a special offer for my listeners. You buy one set, get another set absolutely free. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio listener square, and use promo code TOM, T-O-M. There you'll find not only this amazing offer, but also deep discounts on all MyPillow products, including the MyPillow mattress topper, MyPillow towel sets, and so much more. Call 1-800-516-5146, use promo code TOM, or go to MyPillow.com. Make sure you use the promo code TOM. This is not Doug Sprinthal playing this, I asked him. He said, nope, it's his buddy. Ah. Right there. Okay, so before we segue into our guest, uh, Curtis Morley's calling in. Uh, Catherine and I were sitting around last night going to watch a movie. What was the name of that movie again, honey? What? The movie I watched the first half of and went to bed, and then you watched the rest of it. What was it called? Oh, for the love of God. I can see your face or no, something. No, the love no, of no. God. I... Now that you've said that, now yeah, I can't he always does that. Something like that. He always but does that. Let me uh, let me tell you what a joy it is to be married to Catherine Brandt because there's always a good laugh every day. We're gonna tune into the movie and she goes, "Oh God, I gotta watch it. I love that Hinkle Dinkle." Hinkle Dinkle. <laughs> I said, "What?" She goes, "I love Hinkle Dinkle." You know who she was talking about? Uh, Hinkle Dinkle. Let me think. Uh, Hinkle Dinkle. Yeah, um, the. Uh, Doctor Who guy, yeah, right? Yeah, I think somebody just got it. Oh, um, what's his name? Uh, Peter Dinklage. Uh, uh, but the, yeah. uh, Peter Dinklage. Oh, Peter Dinklage. Oh, Dinklage. Oh, I was thinking He's of Doctor Who. You were thinking of uh, the other, the guy who played Sherlock. Um, yes, that that's who I was um, thinking of. Who was, played uh, Doctor Strange? Who was that? Uh, the Doctor actor. Strange guy? Uh, that was... Hinkle Dinkle. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah. That's who I was thinking. Oh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Oh. But no. No, Hinkle Dinkle. She's thinking of yeah, yeah, it sure is. Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> yeah. Cumberbatch. He's a really good no. actor. Yeah. Yes, so, he is. But she was so talking about Dinkle. Dinklage. <laughs> who was so really good in Game of Thrones. Yeah, he's he's amazing. Yeah. He's a great actor. Yeah, he's very he's, good. He really I, was, I always loved Brad Williams when Game of Thrones was in its peak, and he's like, everybody that sees me out in the streets thinks I'm Peter Dinklage. But there's more than one dwarf person in the world. There, there is? Yeah. Yeah. Not on the screen, there isn't. Phenomenal. He's the only one they ever use. That's right? true. Yeah, you do mm-hmm. use him a lot. He was the bad guy in Elf, too. Was so, he? Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. It was him, and then uh, who was the black Dwarf that was in like bad scenes. Oh, that's right. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. the one that would go on. Uh, I think with, he died, um, so they. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yep. Yeah. But the one that he'd go on with, uh, what's his name? The radio, the uh, the radio guy. Uh, Tom Bernard. No. I was gonna no. say that. Yeah, yeah, Tom Bernard. Yeah. No, the the yes. the guy from New York. What's his name? Oh, right? Howard Stern. Howard, Howard Stern. Stern. Yeah, he'd go on with Stern and yeah. do weird shit. So. <laughs> yes, he would. Weird shit. You never had we a dwarf guess? on the show, we did do you? Have you never our had a dwarf as a as a guest we? overall. Yeah, he had Vern Troyer. Oh God, on. yes. Yeah. Well, and no, I mean, as, I mean, oh, not as like, as like a, a big, regular. Like a, yeah, oh, yeah. No. So, so, I don't know. I can, uh, ladies and gentlemen, should I start a business during a pandemic? The entrepreneur's paradox: how to overcome the sixteen <laughs> pitfalls along the startup journey. Uh, Curtis Morley, our special guest. How you doing, Curtis? Hi. Thanks for having me on. Really well. nah, not a problem. I got to tell you, after my wife threw, threw the uh, Hinkle Dinkle for Peter Dinklage, uh, your name will probably be Bob Marley by the time you leave. So just beware, Curtis. Beware. That's all I'm saying. Great honor. It's a great honor. <laughs> it's a great it's honor. It's how I remember things in my defense. <laughs> I make something weird up and then I remember things. <laughs> to be reinvented by Catherine Brandt. What a great honor that is. No question about it. The Entrepreneur's Paradox, How to Overcome 16 Pitfalls Along the Startup Journey. Boy, this is... 
Curtis, this is one thing to write about because everybody on earth thinks they can start up a business and everybody's an expert. And why do people all think they can just start up a business and they know exactly what to do? I, I, I kind of would, I was kind of leery of that kind of thinking. What do you think? You know, it's funny. Most people that, that I work with um, in coaching and mentoring entrepreneurs, they start as an expert in something. So yep. they're really right. good. They're super skilled at something, whether it's the best cupcake you've ever had or building software or the new carbon fiber guitar, something cool. They're really, really good at it. And all their friends and family say, this is amazing. Holy cow, I've never had a cupcake like this. Or, or your travel <laughs> expeditions are so cool, you need to start a business. And they go, well, of course I do. <laughs> I know how to make cupcakes, so of course I know how to make a business. And yeah, of the course. Truth is, <laughs> yeah, the truth is they have nothing to do with each other. No, they don't. And I, I literally, I couldn't, I don't think I'd be the guy to run. Like, if you wanted me to run a department store, I think they'd be closed in about two days. I really do. Because I, I wouldn't have the patience to do it. It's like, buy something or get out. Also, don't people turn, uh, they, they're like, oh, I just, I love downhill skiing, so I will open up a ski right. school or a store or something yeah. like that. And it has, right. And then yeah, they find they, out that, that they didn't really want to be inside all day. That, that's exactly it. They have a passion or expertise for something. And, and so they start their business with that, and they become the cupcake baker or the ski shop expert. And, and they find that, you know, that the business is, is very different than the product. And one, one question I ask all entrepreneurs I work with is, if you're building the product, then who's building the business? Yeah. Yeah, good move. It's a good move. You know, you one of the topics. As a matter of fact, it's the first topic brought up in the in the uh, descriptor here, Curtis. Stop wearing too many hats and delegate responsibility to free up time. You need to grow the business. The only problem with that right now is, and you can tell me if I'm wrong, Curtis. Do you know anybody who has workers that finish their work? Because most people do not finish their work anymore. They'll do it, but they never finish it. What is that all about? Tell me more. The, they're they're not finishing their work as far as their assignments they, they need to get done. I'll give you an example. The, the, the Associated Press, you would think the Associated Press would do a good job of writing a story and then sending it to you digitally, right? Mm-hmm. Well, every story that I get from the AP has misspellings in it. Sentence structure is terrible. It, it, I don't know what happened. I know they don't have editors like they used to, would check that kind of thing, but they don't check for spelling, word usage, sentence structure, any of that stuff. It's very, in some cases, difficult to read a story because it's, it's not finished. They didn't finish the job. Yeah, yeah, and actually, I think that's a, a common problem in our, our digital age of, of AD. Yeah. There's, there's so many distractions. Um, you know, people often say, I think I've got ADD. And I think what they really have is a case of modern life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think you're right. I there's think you're so right about that. so many dings and beeps and, and priorities and competing, competing issues, you know. It's, it, we're training ourselves to be ADD. We're training ourselves to think very shallow at about 100 things instead of really deep on one subject. I think that's exactly what I'm talking about. I'm glad you, you put it that way because that's exactly what they've got themselves convinced that's the new way to do it. And mm-hmm. it's not. It's not. It's very, very difficult to follow up on work that they haven't completed. But I, I don't know. Do you, 
Is it also a situation where there's so many hours, only so many hours in a day, and we have so many things to do now with COVIDs and elections and this and that and the economy and it's good and it's bad and it. I suppose there's so many things distracting you right now in the world in 20, uh, 2020 and 2021. Is it, has it made it a lot harder, Curtis? Yeah, and, and that's one of the things I talk about in, in the book, The Entrepreneur's Paradox, is, is looking at your day and saying, what are the, uh, I use an analogy about alligators and draining the swamp, and there's so many things that are just chomping that it's hard to remember that you're, your goal is to drain the swamp when you're eye-to-eye with the alligator. Hmm. And there's so many alligators in life that um, the, the entrepreneur or the leader really needs to spend time identifying what is going to get me and my company to the, to the top of the mountain. And mm-hmm. what else that I'm doing every day can be either delegated or just crossed off the list that I don't need to be doing myself because... Those are not the activities that are going to get me to the top of the mountain. Well, I think you're absolutely right. I love your second point, too. You are not your business. Disassociate yourself with your business's identity for optimal growth. I, I can, I'm here to tell you, I've been on the same morning show in, in Minneapolis-St. Paul for 35 years. And if I thought that morning show was me, I would lose my mind, <laughs> to tell you the truth. <laughs> I, there's no way I could deal with that if I thought that was me. So, so, Curtis, is this looked at as a time of, like, this is a great time for entrepreneurs as far as, you know, because one of the things is, you know, when there's flux or when there's, there's you, know, uh, you know, problems like exist, there's also great opportunities for people. So how is this looked at as far as overall entrepreneurs go? Yeah, you know, I, I love this question because, Right now, in, in the world, in the history of the world, we're seeing unprecedented amounts of change. We've never seen this amount of change on a global scale. And, and another word for change is opportunity. Mm-hmm. Every time something changes, that means there's an opportunity. And, and you look at, you know, there's, there's a lot of companies that are going out of business, and people say, are you crazy <laughs> telling people to start a business right now in the middle of a pandemic? Right. And I give an emphatic yes. Not just a yes, an emphatic yes. Because, yes, some companies are going out of business because they're not adapting. And then other companies are going insane. They are, are seeing growth rates like never before. And because there's change, that means there's new opportunities that have never been seen before. So that's why I say right now is a phenomenal time to start a business. Did- was your book already set? Like, were you already thinking about writing this book years ago, or is this something that came up with the pandemic? Yeah, this has been a, a labor of love for about 15 years. As I, I went through and yeah, I started multiple businesses myself, and um, and really the the reason I started the business or started the book was because I personally have made every possible mistake in starting a business. As I went through my first, second. And even third companies, I made all of these mistakes. And the reason I wanted to write the book was to give people a way to do business better. And there really is a better way to do business. And it wasn't until I started figuring out some of these principles that that my business has skyrocketed. You know, I got to do one thing now. I, I'm going to have to have a, a like an 
an intro to the show now when whenever we have a guest and Michael Bryan asks a question, you're not allowed to say that's a great question. <laughs> Because now I'm going to hear about it the rest of the day, Curtis. He becomes you. intolerable. Yeah, he's, he's intolerable now. <laughs> it's just the way it is. <laughs> have to put right, up with that all day now. That's <laughs> all, all right. It's off the list. Uh, why do you think it is that all people think they can? Everybody thinks they can run a business. I, why do they think that? That is such a horrible question. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you, very, thank you very much. Much better. Thank I, you. Curtis, I'm having you on every day now. That's all there is to it. <laughs> what a horrible question, Tom. Why don't you, have, why don't you let Mike take the, the helm? <laughs> uh, 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 oh, I really love that question, to be honest. Is the, uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. People, people get passionate about something, and and they have this, yeah. they have this fervor. They have this just love for what they do. The ski shops, you know, the the person that wants everybody to go skiing, and um, and it's funny because it might be a lot like marriage. If you actually knew what you were getting into before you got into it, you might not. And um, and so people get into business with this passion. And they think that the business is the product, and the business is not the product. The business is its own separate entity. And like, like we talked about, you know, you've got to disassociate yourself from the business in order for the business to succeed, because there's only one of you. And if, if you're trying to do everything, if you're trying to wear all the hats, if, you're, if you are the business, then you've only got 24 hours in a day. And there's no way to scale if everything runs through you. Hmm. That makes total sense. No, Mike, we'll go back to Mike for one second here. But don't t- please don't tell me this good work again because he'll never get over it. Now, Michael is an attorney, but he has his own law practice. How, do, how does Mike for you? How does that work out? You have to practice law and you have to run a business. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it compares. You know, there are other firms out there that have different parts. You know, like you look at some firms, they have one person who does the marketing, one person who does the right. dealing with clients, another person who does trying cases, and you know, I kind of do all three. And so I'm listening to what he's saying and wondering if maybe I'm not working. <laughs> I'm not doing it right. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll talk well. after Mike. <laughs> you, yeah, exactly. Do you think there's a big difference between people that look at something and say, you know, this is what's missing, so I'll create a business because this is missing, versus the people who are like, I love cupcakes, so I'm going to make cupcakes where there's a lot of cupcake places. You, you understand my question? Right. Yeah, there's a very unique, very, very unique case study um, in, in exactly that. Um, most people, most small businesses or entrepreneurs, they start because of their passion. That, that's the large majority of how people get started. Um, but there's a very unique case study in Stance socks. I don't know if you have a pair of Stance socks. They're the fun, crazy, cool socks that everybody's wearing these days. Hmm. Um, that business wasn't started with a product in mind. That business um, was started, um, I know Jeff Curl, the, the CEO and founder, he said, I'm not going to actually start a business based on anything besides market need. Hmm. And where is the hole in the market? Mm-hmm. A very, very different approach. And they've exploded. They've created an amazing sock empire, if there is such a thing. Um, but they have 
the they now have the corner on the market because they went and said, what's missing? Hmm. Where where can we find a niche that hasn't been filled yet? Yeah. I love that thinking. I do. I love that. You know, it's funny because looking back, I, I think I mentioned I was on. I've been on a morning show in this market for thirty-five years, and when I got, I got called. We were living in New York, and we were going to have our first baby, Andy, who's the who's the producer of the show. It's the man you talked to at the beginning. Is our son. My wife Catherine is here as well. So we got a call to come back and maybe do a little radio. We found out we're having a baby instead of raising the baby in Manhattan. We thought maybe raise the baby here. So you know, I came back. And and started working on the show and doing all these things. And I, if I, the thing that that hit me on the airplane coming from New York to Minneapolis is I don't want to do a radio show. I want to do a conversation. And we had a conversation. Then the show just blew up. It, it ended up at a thirty-five share at one point. It was huge. It still wow. is a really big show, but it was. Com- it's com- and I try for any new people to come on a show. I say, you have to understand, this is not a radio show, it's a conversation. And a lot of people don't, they, they cannot grasp that. They don't even know what I mean when I say that. So I know exactly what you're saying. Had I just gone in it to do another radio show, I don't know, it would have done anything, because that would have sounded just like everybody else. Does that make sense mm-hmm. to you? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that market distinction. Yeah, it's not. It, this is not like everybody else. It's a different thing, and and it continues to work thirty five years later because people still. Not that I've talked about it. It'll probably destroy my show. Now everybody <laughs> else will just have a conversation. That'll be the end of me right there. That's you great. Gave away your secret just, sauce. <laughs> I gave away my secret sauce, Curtis. What the hell am I doing? But, but I do understand exactly what you're saying. Um, do people take it very personally when they succeed, and just as personally when they fail? Yeah, and that, that's why it's so important to disassociate your identity from the business. Right. Um, a business really is, it's, if you compare it to a body, a business composes multiple parts. It has eyes, ears, mouth, heart, brain, you know, muscles, all of these things. And the entrepreneur, when they first start, in most cases, they are the entire body. But to truly take the business to the next level, to turn the needle up, um, the entrepreneur needs to say, I am not the business. I may be the heart and I may be the brains, but there's so many other parts. And, and a very easy litmus test to, to say, you know, am I associating myself with the business is, number one, does the business have your name on it? And mm-hmm. most people say, you know, Curtis Morley's Cupcakes or, you know, whatever it is. So does your business have your name on it? Does your business have the same bank account as your personal bank account? If, if you've got those two things, there's a pretty good chance you, you are identifying as your business versus saying, I'm going to set up a business that's independent, whether I'm there or not. It's still going to be this amazing organism that can run by itself. See, I think that's wonderful. You, know, um, you spend a lot of time coaching people, like you know, entrepreneurs come to you and and you coach them and all the rest of it. Do you get a lot of, a lot of uh, hit back at some of your ideas? Do, do they try to say, well, I don't, I don't know if that's going to work. Do, do you get a lot of that, or do they just listen like they should? You know, it's, it's really interesting on that last question because the, that's one of the biggest things is, is I let entrepreneurs know that what we do is, is tough. It, it's, it's emotionally tough. To be able to yep. rip out your identity as the best in the world at something, the expert, the thing people know you for, 
and reinstall a new operating system. And I've I've had clients basically say, actually, I don't I don't want to do that. I want to still be right. that person. I want to still be the one that everybody knows is the, the expert, the genius, the best in the world. I want to be that. Instead of being the best in the world at the product, what they have to do is step out and be the best in the world at the business. And mm-hmm. it takes a very similar formula, but you just have to apply that passion and that that recipe instead of to cupcakes to the business. And that's where I see companies just explode with growth. Yeah, that makes total sense. That makes absolute, absolute sense to me. Um, the way the world is going to come out the other end of this COVID situation, is that going to... Is that going to affect business, international business, in a huge way? Not just because, you know, we're, we've been sitting around for 14 months now, you know, not a lot to do. I mean, I didn't miss any work. I do a radio show on this, and we didn't miss any days or any, anything like that. But are, are we going to be a different world? Are, the restaurant business, will that be different now? All these other businesses. Will we see a lot of big changes in the next six months? Absolutely, and there there is a new normal that's coming. Yep. And yep. one of one of my favorite young entrepreneurs, if I can share a story, um, one of my favorite young entrepreneurs, her name is Kylie Chen, and she um, before the pandemic she had a, a travel expedition company. She actually was the one that took me up to the top of Mount Kilimanjaro, um, which is is a theme that runs through the book, um, the Entrepreneur's Paradox. But she she had a travel expedition company. And if you think, you know, what business is going to be hit hardest in the pandemic, well, travel, getting out to other yeah. countries. She went yep. from um, this amazing, great business, lots of revenue, to zero, all in one month, just Ooh. shut down. And, and she could have said, well, the pandemic hit, my business is over, but she didn't. Instead, she said, she said, okay, things are changing, which means that I need to change with it. I need to adapt. So therefore, did the demand for travel, did the demand for adventure and expeditions and exploring, did that go away because the pandemic started? Did people say, ah, I don't want to go exploring anymore. I don't need adventure in my life. I don't need travel. The right. answer is no. People still have that desire, that passion, um, but... Instead of doing it internationally, Kylie said, okay, where did it go? Where did that market demand go? And she found that people still want to do it, but because of COVID, they can only do it within their own country. So she set up another company called WanderCamp, which is um, glamping in adventurous places in the U.S. And she's grown that business just since the pandemic has started to equal her travel expedition company and as soon as that as soon as the pandemic is over now she's got two amazing companies that will just expand her even more yeah that's wonderful i I, one thing i have noticed and you know i I don't want to name what kind of business it is or whatever because it was tough enough on them anyway but there are some people that i i would do ads for they'd be advertisers on this show or the morning show or whatever and I would, I, you know, I'd run into them, let's say six, seven, eight months ago after this was already kicked in for about four or five, six months, the COVID situation. There are some people, a few of them in any case, that said when that announcement was made, I believe it was made on what, March 
twelfth. It was about about a year ago now. Wasn't it March? Somewhere in there, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was very close. They said literally after that day, their phone never rang again. People just that particular business they were in scared people too much to to move forward, and they had to shut down because the phone never ever rang again. Boy, that's got to be terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it's it's really hard. Another one of my friends, he he actually had a an artisan churro company. Believe it or not, churros can be artisan. There, there's such a thing as gourmet churros. Um, <laughs> okay. And, and he was doing big events. He was catering these huge galas and these big events, and COVID shut him down. And again, he said, well, if if people love these churros and they just can't get them at events, where can they get them? And so he said, you know what, I'm going to create a home churro kit. So you can create your own artisan churros at home. And love he it. totally went online. You would think, you know, again, food business, nobody can do it. He said, no, the demand didn't go away. The demand just moved places. So I just need to find out where it moved and meet it there. That's terrific. Curtis, you have a hard out, and I respect that uh, right here and uh, right now. Curtis Morley, ladies and gentlemen, the book, The Entrepreneur's Paradox, How to Overcome 16 Pitfalls Along the Startup Journey. Curtis, you've been a great guest. I'd love to talk to you more about this at, at, at uh, some very soon opportunity. I would love that, too. Thanks so much. Thank you, Curtis. Have a great day, sir. Bye. Chris Morley, ladies and gentlemen. M-O-R-L-E-Y is how you spell his name. We'll be right back. Segment three with, uh, what's his name again? Is it, oh, that's a great question. Oh, great question. <laughs> I'm never going to be able to talk to you again, I can tell already. We'll be right back. Dan Chesky is here from Dan Southside Marine to talk boats in February. 2021 is all about boat inventory or the lack thereof. Dan's has what you're looking for in the color and model you want. So get in and take advantage of the factory incentives and discounts February offers. Why should our listeners shop for a fishing boat at Dan's Southside Marine? We have the latest models on display, like the new Revolution. It features rotational seating from Premier Marine and the new Lumacraft FSX crossover fishing ski. Both are getting tons of attention and grabbing sales from the competition. Dan's Southside Marine is packed with pontoons from Avalon, Berkshire, and Premier with all the rebates and incentives we mentioned at the top. Get the family out this weekend and come see these amazing pontoons. And be sure to ask about custom-rigged Alumacraft fishing boats this weekend at Dan's Southside Marine during our February open house. Dan's Southside Marine, six blocks west of 35W on 98th Street in Bloomington. Shop online at dansouthsidemarine.com. Tom here for Shift Real Estate. Last year, about this time when we were making plans for Key West, I met the folks from Shift Real Estate. And when I heard the Shift story, it made sense to me. It made sense to my kids, and it makes sense to pretty much everybody that's heard about them. Shift Real Estate saves home sellers thousands of dollars on real estate fees. How do they do it? Shift lists for a flat fee of $5,000. You work with a full-time salaried agent. They take professional photos and videos of your home. List it on the MLS and market your home online, all for a $5,000 flat fee. Call Shift Real Estate and tell them about your home. Tell them that you heard me talking about it, and they will tell you how you can save $10,000 or more when you list with Shift. It's the common sense way to sell your home. Visit Shift2Sell.com. That's Shift, the number two, Sell.com. Because life is expensive enough. Do, 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 do. 
We are back, ladies and gentlemen. A couple of text messages before we continue. Joe from Louisville asks Mike Bryant, <laughs> what is the hands-free signal? You just uh, you throw your hands up, open, and then you point to your little holder for the cell phone. That's it. All right, so there you go, the little education. And Cassie also, also sent a message. You guys watched I Care A Lot. That was ah, the Hinkle Dinkle movie. I can see your Hinkle Dinkle movie. Hinkle Dinkle. I Care A Lot. So how was it, Catherine? Was it a good movie? I hear it's bad. Was Hinkle Dinkle any good? Well, he's always good. But the movie, the direct, I, in my opinion, not that I'm a uh, cinematographer, but... I would say that the direction was a little bad. A oh, little bad? Yeah. A little, a little bad. bad. Just a little bad. Is that a Hinkle yeah, it Dinkle was, reference? It was, it, was a, it was a really good um, concept. <laughs> it was. But the premise of the movie is surrounds people that rip off the elderly oh, okay. and force them into nursing homes. Jeez. Oh, and, yeah, exactly. That's so it's bad. like everyone's hateable so, right up front. Was Hinkle Dinkle right. a forcer or was he forcey? <laughs> He shows up and breaks kneecaps if you don't go to the old. It's a long story, oh, and it would be cool. it would be definitely a spoiler alert if I oh, told you what okay. Hinkle Dinkle was up to. It's what it sounds like. So, you know what I'm going to do? I am going to get on the phone and call Peter Dinklage and I'll say we'd like to get Hinkle Dinkle <laughs> on the show. Yeah, he'll love you. But it wasn't <laughs> one. It wasn't one that you woke up and watched the rest of in the morning, huh? So it must not have been that good, right? No. Oh, who, me? Yeah. yeah. I slept nine and a half hours last night. I woke up and went on the air. Wow. I slept like a rock and last night. And he passed night. out twice during oh the movie, God. which I think we started at 6.30 or 7. It was, it was 7.20. Okay. 7.20 we started it. Well. Yeah. I hate daylight savings so much. Yeah. I know. Melissa yeah. and I both got I know. crap. Andy <laughs> lost an hour of sleep. Oh, my God. How? Oh, oh, no. Do it, Andy. Oh, believe me. How's Andy going to survive? Oh I think that was Thursday's start. Well, yeah. Melissa got like five hours of sleep, so. Why? I don't know. We just don't do well with that kind of thing. Yeah, you, I, I literally sleep like a dead person. When I was a kid, I people would be like, you sleep really creepily. Because I lay, I Did just lay, I lay down on my back and I, to, and I you, don't move. You lay on your back with like your arms crossed I lay on my back chest. and I put my hand on my stomach and my yeah. other hand's by my side and I do not move all night long. Huh. Oh, I wake I'm, up in the exact the same position. Do that? No. Oh, oh no. well, Fawn actually is a pretty, like, she sleeps really sound and doesn't move a lot but sage is like all over the freaking place and that's what dan does yeah I'm dan's like doing calisthenics when yeah, he's sleeping he and i generate I'm like, thermal energy from the amount i moved I'm in like, my sleep calm down well. with the moving all the hmm. time yeah i don't know i, I don't remember when you were when you were a kid though you always slept on your stomach yeah and i one used time to sleep we on my stomach flying. until i got pregnant and then you couldn't for months and now i yes. just am rewired i guess it's the same thing mm. but one time we were flying and <laughs> It was a long flight, and you, I look over, and you were actually on laying draped over an airplane seat on your stomach. <laughs> I was sleeping so You much. were sleeping. I'm really good at sleeping. I was sleeping. like, how can you be doing that? It's on that? my resume. I can sleep <laughs> anywhere. So, it looks so uncomfortable. I don't know. If I need sleep, I will just sleep. It's great. It and is then a my good kids thing, came no in question about it. Ruined it all. Yeah. It. Just sage. Fun doesn't really disrupt my sleep, but Sage, boy, does he ever. Hmm. Yes. Sagey. Yeah. No God, question. God love He's him. out of the mix. God, he's out <laughs> of the mix. You guys want to hear, this is an interesting no. paragraph. Am I 
What? I was going to well, do ahead. a. I was going to do a quick child quote. Sage took off all his clothes this morning. Was running around the house, and he went up to find. He was like, "I'm naked," and she goes, "Oh, good man," and walks away. <laughs> oh, good man. <laughs> Good man. Like, hey, good man. Oh, good man. And then she's like, oh. Oh, when, when did she turn into a British child? I, know. I was like, bravo, old chap. <laughs> it was a strange reaction. Well, cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Poor Sagey. <laughs> Poor Sagey. Yeah. This uh, next story kind of surprises me. A splashy narrative has emerged in Florida amid the pandemic from politicians and real estate developers, writes Candace Taylor in the Wall Street Journal. It states that Florida is the place to be for tech workers and uber-rich hedge fund execs. Look at a free Silicon Valley in New York. And indeed, the state is seeing a surge in luxury sales of waterfront mansions and condos in recent months, including high-profile buyers such as Sylvester Stallone, Ivanka Trump, and Jared Kushner. Such purchases generate headlines and buzz, but Taylor points out a far less discussed aspect of Florida's demographics. About the same number of people move out of Florida as move in, a trend that has held steady for several years. In fact, the state's population growth of 1.38% throughout the pandemic is the lowest in seven years. Really? Did you, that's amazing. Why would people be moving out of Florida during a pandemic? I would imagine most states have had the lowest growth in years. Oh, really? Even though Texas is no movement? Yeah. Well, California's been losing people. Yeah. Florida, yeah. I I'm thought sure New York lost might. a lot of people. Mm-hmm. Yes, they they've did. lost yeah. people. I think, well, for, and per, from Illinois. everything I'm reading, Florida's been gaining people, but I guess this is a new take on that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that this story is... Yeah, the you U.S. Think growth rate is the lowest it has ever been. And it's been trending down for decades. Uh, Well, that's because, yeah. Every every country is, though, basically. India uh, has been, it's the lowest it's been in 40 years. In India? Uh Uh-huh. Hmm. Well, it's got to be due to the pandemic because yeah. India has very little control over who moves in and out of yeah, India. Yeah, that's, that's why true. the poverty. That's why the poverty level there is so horrible because yep. people move in and they have nothing, and there are no jobs. Where do you come There's from nothing to for move them into to do. India? Oh, all over the place. Really? Bangladesh. Uh, yeah. Hmm. Oh, yeah, there are countries even Bur- in Burma. India, right over there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, a lot of the Middle East. Absolutely, <laughs> greener also, grass in right. India. Yeah. Also, wow. For in this story where you said high-profile people are moving there, and you said Sylvester Stallone, is that just because him and Alex are BFFs? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're buddies. Trying to make me feel buddies. good about my buddy. I get it. Thanks, they're guys. Buddies. Thanks, guys. I'll text. Them. No, but I mean, I'll we, text we were just we were just talking to Herman, and he's been looking for a house in the four hundred and fifty thousand dollars range, which is very you know it's middle class. Mm-hmm. And a very sought-after price point for any state, and he said they can't even buy a house. They sell they sell within hours of in being Florida? listed. Yeah, in Florida, yeah. I think pretty much most places. <laughs> yeah. Like our neighborhood, we had one of the crappiest houses in our neighborhood sold in like a day. Hmm. And it there had like you go. The, everyone's buying it had the a house. worst paint job ever. They did like a sale coat on the outside, and there was overspray covering the roof, and they did nothing about it. Hmm. And it's well, still like that. Because like, they're just like, whatever, we can just sell it, and it sold they paint it very themselves? quickly. They could, I don't know. <laughs> but they ruined the entire well, roof with the overspray of the paint, and I was like, who did you hire to do this? Well, according to World Some Population them- Review... Florida is the seventh fastest growing state in 2020. So. What's the That's what first? I thought. Only the seventth. Uh, or the top that's five. What I thought. Idaho, Arizona, Nevada, Idaho, Utah, Idaho. Texas. Yep. 
Got to all those yeah. desert states yeah. people want to live in. Yeah. Let's, Let's, go. Let's yeah. go take our Texas guns and go live oh, in Idaho. Yeah. 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 South Idaho? Carolina, Florida, Washington oh. is eight. That's interesting. Delaware and Montana. So people want to live in the leave me alone states. What's the bottom five? Yeah. Probably California, New York, uh-huh. uh, Louisiana, see. Mississippi, Alabama. You want me to name them for you up front? <laughs> New York is the fourth lowest. <laughs> Illinois is the third yeah. lowest. Yeah, Alaska yeah. and West Virginia are two and one. Well, Alaska Alaska's makes sense. Probably you always show up and you die. Low. That's it. West Virginia is interesting. A bear attacks though. you and. Yeah. That's it. It's over. There we go. It's been fun. Well, and another thing that's happening in a lot of states is where the cities have gotten so dangerous, like Chicago, like Minneapolis. People are moving out of the city core and going out to the suburbs or even further out if they can. Because they want to stay in the state, uh, but they just don't want to get carjacked on the way to work. Melissa and I were looking at South Dakota, and last year, hundreds, well, maybe not hundreds, but dozens of houses with lots of land for not very much money right outside of rapid city this year you can't get a single house for four hundred thousand dollars yep everyone is really? leaving yeah. the cities hmm. yeah idaho boise has been growing like crazy for a long time boise. no doubt oh, where by, it's at. Boise. by the way getting back to that people moving out of florida state demographer hamilton lombard says the reason for that is and i quote a lot of people go down to Florida and realize they don't like hurricanes. Well, there is that. <laughs> yeah, that's that's why Melissa yeah, said she been. doesn't want to move there because <laughs> she's afraid of hurricanes. Yeah, there's a different different issues. Well, there you go. Well, or they don't like the heat or... Yeah. yeah. Fauna's yeah. obsessed yep. with tornadoes. Oh, is she? Obsessed with she tornadoes. Wants to be she's going to be Dorothy. She's going to be a storm chaser. She's going to be Twister. <laughs> she thinks she'll get taken yeah. to a magical Would land and not, see the Wizard of Oz. Maybe I don't know. She like what? She'll just watch videos of tornadoes like tearing towns apart. Uh, <laughs> she's like, I don't watch videos of tornadoes. I'm like, You're tell weird. her to play Sim City. She can summon all the tornadoes she wants. Oh God, she loves it though. But she talks. We talk about tornadoes, and I'm like, we have tornadoes here, and then she has this whole weather book. Like tornadoes led to more weather conversation, and hurricanes. It's like in Florida, that's actually something that you need to like always be prepared for. But in Minnesota, it's like I've never been affected no, you, personally by a tornado. I remember I watched a tornado with mom in the barn once. Yeah, there's one Just that like got one close-ish like, oh. to us, and we yeah we went into the basement. There was that a really bad one that destroyed Rogers, and that little girl yeah. died. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, was really yeah. bad. But uh, yeah, we we lost ten trees, and, mo- and our fencing was flattened. So yeah. Yes, but it didn't I like that it one. didn't destroy our house. Like yeah. you know, a hurricane. It's like no. yeah. they're Although, worse. Didn't, didn't one go through North Minneapolis? Yeah. That, yeah. Yeah. Yes. Like, when I was a kid. Yeah. Well, no, there was no, one not like one. 10 years yeah. ago. 10 years ago? Yeah. And, yep. mm-hmm. yeah. Yes. Okay. Let's not mention that one, shall we? Because when that happened, my old neighborhood, I tried to get a hold of Betsy yep. Hodges, who was the mayor, to say, I would like to take you know some family money and help these people out. These were my neighbors, blah, blah. I'd like to help them out. Never even called me back. Yep. Not even get a return phone call. Mm-hmm. So do you think politicians are in it for the money at all? Do you think? Well, that had Power to have been money, probably man. six or seven years ago because by yeah, yeah. Um, oh, we yeah, had Betsy, Betsy Hodges, Hodges yeah. on the podcast because we thought she was going to be one of the good ones because yeah. we're yeah. really smart. Yep. And the podcast, <laughs> <laughs> the podcast has only existed for eight years. So. Oops. I think she started out okay, but then they got to her. Yeah, got they to got to her, and she started. Yeah. She got. She started being so practiced and smarmy, oh, yeah. exactly. and just oh god. All of those, yeah, the bureaucratic yeah. jargon kind of. Politicians. She is a true politician. 
Mm-hmm. Yes. We got to take a break. It's a, that's the end of the first hour already. Boom. Holy God, that hour went by fast. Boom, baby. Boom. That's all I have like a tornado. Exactly. You got uh, hour two coming up with, uh, what's his name again? Tevlar? Uh, it? Yeah, not to be confused Tevlar. with the Trevin? amazing question asking interview <laughs> styles of Michael Yeah, <laughs> yeah like Michael We're, Bryant. There. During oh, the break, you and I question. play rock paper scissors and figure out who's going to turn on the podcast first between the two of us i like it (laughs) works for me that's what everything it's been happening my whole life so why did i stop now we will be back with our two oh it's i cut myself at work oh michael let's listen to the segue nice segue michael our two will no longer be diverse yeah (laughs) yes exactly we'll be right back 